your views, your values. This is WMNF Tampa, 88.5 FM. Here comes the sun, here comes the sun, and I say it's all right. Good morning, and welcome to the Sustainable Living Show on WMNF Tampa 88.5, where every Monday at 11, we bring you a conversation with local experts on sustainable issues. Today, we're talking with Michelle Metz-James, and she's live in the studio. Hey, Michelle. Hello. And she is a garden, I, I, I termed this, garden enthusiast, and she termed self-claimed garden nerd. So we're going to talk about all those things. Um, my, I am the only host today uh, that uh, Kenny is not in today, and we miss him already, uh, but he'll be in next week. And then, of course, Bill across from me, he's doing everything else. And we have uh, someone answering the phones. Irene is answering the phones for us today. So when y'all call in, that's who you'll be talking to. And uh, thank goodness for Bill. Uh, I don't know what we'd be do without him. Um, so anyway, y'all stay tuned as we promote a balance of people, profit, and planet. So a little bit about Michelle. Michelle Metz-James has all the plant obsessions. She has a large rose garden, mostly tea roses. By the way, she brought in a luscious bouquet this morning, and it smells delightful. Uh, she has a large hydroponic tomato setup that she built from scratch. So she she uses power tools with saws and all sorts of wonderful uh, things. It's fantastic. I love that when women do that. Also starts and grows other herbs and vegetables from seeds. She is a member of the Tampa Bay Begonia Society, also with the Tampa Orchid Club, and a member of the International Rare Fruit Council. We missed you yesterday. She is the vice president of the Davis Island Garden Club. She also writes and takes photos for the Yard of the Month article for Davis Island Stroll Magazine. In her spare time, she started a Facebook gardening group with our beloved John Starnes. Ugh, makes me cry. <laughs> she regularly teaches kids gardening classes and last year was on the Rose Circle Garden Tour and I can I was the president that year and she was a huge hit. It was amazing. People did not know that beauty could be in edibles and so on like that. They had no idea. So I want to share uh, with you guys today specifically about all the projects and groups that uh, she involves herself in, and specifically so you guys can get ideas of how, just with the love of gardening and nature, you can do for yourself and also help others as well. Plus, you meet a lot of wonderful people, and that there's so many directions to go in, all which makes you more sustainable and shows others how they can be more sustainable too. Thank you for coming in today, Michelle. You're welcome. Really appreciate it. Just love her. And uh, she is just a prime example of all the wonderful things that you can do if you want to, you know. So I wanted to, we have some questions and, and then we'll just talk because that's what we do. We're <laughs> talkers. Um, so how did you get started uh, in with plants and why? Um, probably my grandpa. Uh-huh. Uh, literally growing up and going over to my grandparents' yard, uh, they had all the fruit trees all the vegetables, uh, Duncan, grapefruit, tangerines, persimmons, which I thought were disgusting. At the time. Now you love them. No, no you still, still don't? don't? Oh, I love them <laughs> I so much. I them. <laughs> um, kumquats. My brother would eat them till he would practically puke. <laughs> uh, loquats, delicious. Um, all the 
chain link fences were lined with green beans. Uh-huh. Uh, my grandpa grew tons of strawberries, which I still can't for the life of me figure out how to master. I've, it's a hard one. I've thrown in the towel. I've given yeah. up. I don't, I don't know how he did it so successfully. He had yeah. the mounds with the pine straw. Remember it like yesterday. I And he had like a self-made glass house with, uh, I remember glass windows, but I, I can't. I've tried. It was so long ago when you were a child. It's hard to pull it all forward. Huh? No, I remember it like literally. Like but you don't know yesterday. how he did it. No. Yeah, because you weren't involved in the growing with him. Nope, yeah. not so much, but I, I ate a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. You were involved in the eating part. Yes, the rutabaggers. I mean, like, uh, he had it all. That's um, even fantastic. Roses. He was good friends with um, Mr. Hardin. My, um, his barber shop was on Southdale Mabry, and the, um, the location of it was almost catty corner from the Hardin Rose Nursery. Yeah. And he was good friends with Mr. Hardin. Who was a jewel? Yes, he I was. just loved him. He was a. Uh, they started all the jo- the Jackson Roses. He mm-hmm. was a consultant for that. I don't think I knew that. Yes, he was a consultant for that. He was big time in that, huh. involved with it. Interesting. Uh, he was a very interesting guy. Uh, sure. They are. Uh, they still have their uh, their rose. Um, Place out yep. on it's on um, Del Mabry, South Del Mabry, yeah, right past the of Ohio. Yeah, it's past the uh, the Home Depot. Yes, on the on same the right side. side. Mm-hmm. They're open Saturdays from like nine to during the winter months. It's usually nine to one, I believe. Only Saturdays, y'all. Only Saturdays. They keep it open just for the love of you know, right. Their, their parents. And it's the best. I mean, you go there, it's just a wonderful visit even. And of course, you always get the, the, uh, the soils and the compost, the, the fertilizer, the natural fertilizer that they sell. Because when you put in, or excuse me. Well, there's this synthetic, but. Is it really? I, uh, all this time, (laughs) see, I'm enlightened. Every time this show happens, I get, I learn something new. Yes. So I won't be growing that. Because I don't use synthetic. No, and I, I don't yeah. use theirs anymore. Yeah. I've tried to, now that you found I've out. I've tried to stray. Yeah. But I mean, that's what I was raised on, though, so I didn't sure. know any better growing up. I just I did what they told me to do. Well, and back in the day, everybody sprayed roses. I mean, well, like crazy. If you, you go to the Rose Society, I mean, the majority of their growers are hardcore. This is what you yeah. do. And it's heavily laden with chemicals. It was interesting because we had, um, you know, we had... Um, uh, Anita Camacho mm-hmm. on last week, and she was a Rosarian. She was, I mean, yep. she used to judge them. And so she now, because her mother got so sick, she completely stopped all chemical uses. And it, she found that it, within six months that all the roses got back their ability to withstand and their, their own immune system. So, you know, people just aren't letting them do what they need to do. It's just that's the way we were raised. Like exactly. That's just what they did. It's exactly. So I've started mixing in the natives all along my plant beds along right. the road and just changing the ecosystem and the diversity. That's an important garden. point. You know, you're you're mixing it up. And so that's the big problem is when people do monoculture on yeah, any level. You kill all the life. You do. And and you don't have distractions for different um, insects. Exactly. Which is which is really great. Well, that's a sidetrack. I didn't know we were going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ironically, um, Mrs. Harden ended up being my math teacher in high school. Oh, that's she was so an algebra teacher. Oh, yeah. Everybody loved Ms. Harden was just a saint. I yeah. mean, she was just the loveliest person uh, in the world. But her her kids uh, still are the ones that are running yep. it. So, you know, if y'all get a chance, you should go over there if you want to be involved in roses. You yes. know, because you can grow roses.
roses naturally, and roses are edible. The flower yep. petals are just wonderful. And they're desperate to have people bring back the, apparently there's a huge uh, depletion of the pots that the roses were sold in. Oh. So if anyone has the pots, they're desperate for people to bring them back if Jackson's oh. can't get them, apparently. Oh, okay. Well, I've always given all of my pots away. So do a good deed and bring back the roses. Absolutely. Pots. And, you know, that brings up a good point, recycling. Um, you know, a lot of people just throw those pots away, and, and there, there are a lot of people that want the pots. In fact, well, we'll just go there. Uh, uh, you also have a gardening swap site that you started. Mm-hmm. And um, if you put those uh, pots on there, people want them. Oh, don't call it swap. Oh, excuse me. That's the old <laughs> Tampa one. Tampa Gardening Unplugged. Unplugged. That's right. <laughs> don't use that word anymore. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> so what happened was there used to be, there is another one. That's it's, co- it's not bad. It's, well, I'm on it. It's, so that's good. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, it's a little bit tighter uh, uh, than the uh, unplugged, and yeah. unplugs a lot more fun, quite honestly. Uh, but it's a lot looser um, on what they do, say, and be. It's where the misfits go. The misfits, <laughs> the misfit toys. <laughs> yeah, it's a great site. I'm on both of them, so yes. you know. But uh, but yeah, you started that with John Starnes. We did, we did, because we you know very much wholly believe in organic gardening. But you y'all know. like to kill lovers. We, and that was a big we thing. We are very I think. big <laughs> on killing lovers, and we have a few people that like to eat squirrels, and uh, we're okay with disbanding of like Cuban frogs. Yeah, in the correct way. Sure. Euphis or euphis. That's a word. Euphis <laughs> like oh, okay. properly disposes, and they have directions for that. Euthanasia. Other groups yeah. were not okay with those. Yeah, and that's and, a, and that's, that's great. Okay, that's their rules. Exactly. We and, have our rules. And <laughs> what's so good is that you know then people can actually learn about it yes. because when you're cut off like that, then you're still uh, left hanging. Exactly. You know, so it's a great thing. So, so, so like I need, the liberal fun gardening. Website. Yeah, I need to announce us. Uh, I don't even think I did to begin with. So. Uh, I'm Annie Ellis, and you're listening to Sustainable Living Show on WMNF Tampa 88.5. Today's guest is Michelle Metz-James. I've been pronouncing her middle name wrong for years. I just found it out today. (laughs) Uh, Gardening enthusiast and self-claimed garden nerd. If you want to be part of this conversation, give us a call at 813-239-9600. Six three and text it or text us at eight one three four three three zero eight eight five or send us an email at dj at wm wmnf dot org and we will read it on the air so then you can participate in this conversation. So uh, so yeah, John uh, Starnes he was a big gardener and a huge rosarian uh, that was his main interest and a massive wealth of knowledge massive um, wealth of knowledge and a couple of us that. We got kicked out of the other group. So, <laughs> well, we started I didn't know own, that. <laughs> it happened. Okay. So, we started our own fun group and we brought some of the, the biggest gardening minds of Tampa. Yeah, well, there's still Central some Florida. are still on ours, too. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. But the few of us that got kicked out, we started a fun group. Yeah, it, it is fun. I love it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I really am on both and I love both of them for different reasons, yes. you know. So, so uh, what's the name of it? Tampa Gardening Unplugged. Yeah, Tampa Gardening Unplugged. It's a Facebook group. Yeah. And so, what, I, what we're talking about today basically is all the things that you can be involved in, uh, you know, if you want to. And, and what that does is it, it just enriches everything, it helps you take care of yourself 
yourself and your own stuff, which makes you sustainable. And and then it you just share knowledge, you know, because that was that's a lot of what's going on in there. You, we're sharing knowledge on yes. these sites. Uh, but you are also uh, the vice president of Davis Island Garden Club. And uh, so what does that do for the community? And how old is that group? Because I was wondering uh, about we that. We started in 1923 okay. as a gardening circle originally with Tampa Fed, mm-hmm. the big one on Bayshore. So it's 100 years old? We are. Um, and then we built our building on Davis Island uh, mid-50s. We started 53, 55, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Um, the view it, is beautiful. It is gorgeous. We host a couple hundred, or not a couple hundred, about 120-ish weddings a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the majority of all the, obviously we're a nonprofit. Yeah. But the most stuff that we promote is uh, kids and gardening and giving back to other type of nonprofit stuff in relation to Mother Nature. Right. And you teach a lot of kids. You do a lot of things with children. Yes. Um, I did not do so much this year, just only because I had a little... Uh, had a little foot injury, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, tore the ligament in my foot. So yeah. that slowed me down a little bit this year. Um, but in the past years, I do a lot of gardening classes with Tribe. Um, it's another nonprofit organization in Seminole Heights that teaches kids classes. Oh. And for years, I've done their kids' gardening class. So they have different components to what they teach, and so they bring in different people yes. to teach specifics? Yes. Um, okay. Anywhere from 20 to 50 classes a, a day, or oh. I'm sorry, a week uh, wow. in Seminole Heights. It's amazing. It's that run is by a Kristen lot. Is that Brown. all during the summer? No, all, all school year. year. A little bit in the summer, but mostly all school year. Wow. And it's an amazing organization run by Kristen Brown. She is phenomenal. And uh, so that's usually where I teach my classes when I'm teaching. So this year's just a little bit slower. Yeah. So I can well, you know, health. and if you can get those children started young, uh, then they're going to learn the good ways or the more sustainable ways of having a garden. And Absolutely. then they can also understand where their food comes from and that sort of thing. Because I know I had a neighbor one time, because I was always the gardening doctor, right? And she said, come on over here and look at my banana tree. It's uh, And I went, okay. So I went over there, looked at it, it was on the ground, it was full of bananas. And I said, oh, it's just finished its, its cycle because that's what happens. You have a banana uh, tree and it has bananas and then it dies and it sends off different other little baby banana trees and they grow up and take over the thing. So I said, oh, well, you have bananas. You can just cut this off and take them inside. She said, oh, no. And I went, what? And she said, oh, no. Bananas come from the grocery store. Sounds like my husband. It's amazing. <laughs> I was like, well, if you, you want me mind, to eat those? I'll take those and take them home, you know. And I agree. You want me to eat it? Yeah, <laughs> right? It's dirty. Yeah, it's like know? one of my favorite classes with the it's kids. so funny. I bring in the worm bin, and I usually have the one cool kid that is totally down with, you know, touching the worms. Yeah, touching And it. the others are just standing there repulsed. Ew. And then within 15 minutes, I've got every kid diving in the worms. I've got kids making worm mustaches. <laughs> and rubbing them all over their bodies. And the parents come to pick them up and they're like, what the heck is going on? I didn't know here? this was going to happen. Yeah, like, We're going to grandma's for doing? dinner. And the kids are like, look at us. And they're smearing worms all over their bodies. It's like the best. Oh, that's so ever. funny. But so you, they, you have worm beds at your house, don't you? Don't you do that? Verma, uh, what's vermicos- verma, yeah. Vermicomposting. Yes. Um, I've got the red w- wiggler worm bin. Um, I've got the tabletop composter. Mm-hmm. I've got the big, huge... Um, 
well, we called it the mulch pile when I was a kid. Yeah, you have a big uh, yes. w- open uh, compost. Tumbler. Yeah, it's like two of them, don't you? Yeah. Side to side. Well, like, and then you can Yeah, yeah because then you can work on one yeah. and get one active, and then, then you have one that you can use. So, so these are things that y'all can do. It's not like... I mean, Michelle is kind of a superwoman, but, but <laughs> you know, these are Thanks. things that regular people can do. You know, it's not that hard once you get started and then you just learn from each other on how to do it. And then you get started in all those things. That's what that makes your soil. And it, it also makes your own uh, natural fertilizer for your plant materials. Do you use it for all your plant materials? Pretty much. Like I do the worm tea, like I get the five gallon bucket with the... Um the bubbler, like they, that fishermen use to. Oh, okay, for to keep life. it alive. Yeah, uh-huh. and then you add the earthworm castings from the worm bin with some molasses, and you let it bubble for like three to four days, and it makes the worm tea. And it's and then I fertilize the whole flower beds with that. Oh, and it's like the most amazing. It really is. I mean, it's fertilizer. well, you know, if you go buy fish emulsion, it's much like that. Yeah, in in the Just way doesn't it doesn't smell as bad. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> well, that stuff is bad, and I use it, and it's not. It's I not prefer pretty. it better because I had an incident with my old German Shepherd who got into the fish emulsion and. Oh, it was all over the dog. Uh Oh, that's lovely. I hope you didn't run inside. I don't. Don't want you. You're washing the memory away from your brain. That's that's (laughs) funny. That's funny. So uh, you also uh, do the uh, Campa Wakiva nature. Camp Wakiva. Wakiva. I don't know. About half of our garden club ladies pronounce it Wakiva. Envelope. Envelope. Let's call the whole I thing find off. That weird, but is that it? If that makes you well, happy. it's a, is it an Indian name? It is. Yes, it's an Indian name. Or um, uh, Native American. I'm sorry. Yes, Indigenous people. Indigenous people. There Thank you. Thank you for the correction. It's politically correct. Yes. Uh, so it is a state park in Apopka. It's Wakiva Springs. Mm-hmm. Or, well, there's Wakiva, and it'll hit me later. Anyways, it's in Apopka. It's got. It's the only state park that has more um, different varieties of ecosystems and anywhere in the state oh, of Florida. really? I didn't yes. know that. That's interesting. It is also the only nature camp in the entire United States that is run by garden clubs. Wow. amazing. So, so to clarify that, you, in a garden club, uh, everybody, there's a lot of garden clubs. Yes. So the Florida uh, garden clubs are under the umbrella of, the, well, most of them, the majority of them, of FFGC, the right. Florida Federation of Garden Clubs. Right. Your garden club, my garden club. Well, yeah. The majority of them. Right. So we're all under FFGC, and then FFGC runs Camp Wakaiva. Mm-hmm. Um, there used to be one other one in Virginia. It disbanded, I think, like 2006 or 16. And this was going along a long time, Since too. It was created in 1969 uh-huh. in Bartow. Was oh. the original location, and then in I want to say nineteen early seventies, like seventy two, seventy four ish, the land was given to us, or we were allowed to use it per se. Um, so they own it, but but y'all are allowed to use it. It's like a joint venture. That's wonderful. With the state of Florida. That's wonderful. Was it uh, in? Did was it in possession of the state of Florida state originally? Land, yes. Oh, okay. So we so have like a working agreement with could them. Could be in like parks. Yes, situation. It's parkland. Yeah. And then we have bought and paid for all the cabins out there and all the buildings out there, like 
FFGC has paid for mm-hmm. or grants with Garden Club Ladies and Garden Clubs. Yeah, that's a that's another thing. You know, there are a lot of grants out there if you know how and what to do and what how to look for it and how to write for them. But because all these people, I mean, not just that specific, but mm-hmm. I just want to talk about grants for just one second. There's there's so many and if, you know, there all these different community gardens and all these different places are, are that that is sitting there waiting for them to use. Yes. If you just go for it, you have to get in there and go for it. And with the guidance of people like Michelle, she knows how to do that, or she knows at least the direction to point you in to be able to help you do that sort of thing. And so then it can improve uh, just dramatically the area. I was out at Carrollwood. Um, uh, community garden. I, I think it's called something else, but it's in Carrollwood. It's unbelievably huge and gorgeous and so well run. And everybody has a job and they have it to where one person is, is in charge of one or two or three native plant knowledge. That's really cool. It's so smart because then they become the expert and then they'll have, you know, a dozen other people with that same situation where they just know that particular one. So when someone wants to know about it, you go, oh, well, go ask Michelle or go ask right. Annie or well, whatever. This is like the most well-oiled machine that you've ever imagined. And it's all about teaching kids about nature and yes. the environment and to help, you know, essentially make a little more people like you and I. And it's awesome. Like every year there'll be a curriculum like on birds. Yes. The next year it'll be oh, a curriculum tree. It's all about the environment. See, and that's awesome because it's just specific so they can fully get into that one subject. Absolutely. Yeah. So the other cool thing though is it's a overnight camp and I know you don't have children, but if you've ever had or known a parent that has sent a kid over to an overnight camp, like up in the Carolinas. I was in overnight camps as a child, so there's that. Well, the ones up in the Carolinas run approximately 1500 to 2000 a week. Oh, can't speak about money. Oh, sorry. But it's a large amount of fees. Uh, Let's just say this one fees. is the most nominal for a fee for yes. an overnight camp. And there's also, uh, don't they do scholarships for they some do. people? Our so, garden club sponsors children. Yes. So for an overnight I camp, we did too. we're talking like the most tiniest nominal fee yes. of any kind of overnight camp to right. have the most amazing experience. Right. Nature camp or nature hikes every day. Yeah. Um, we actually have a, a, an actual giant in-ground pool in the oh. middle of the woods. They go wow. swimming every day. We take them to the springs. Um, we do, we have this thing called the crawly and it's a big um, trailer pulls behind the van with uh, seats and the kids go on um, nature rides through the woods in the middle of the oh. night or not in the middle of the night but oh, like so they get to see different types um, of things so bears, the owls are going to be there at owls, night bears wow deer. bears it's, wow um, yeah we had a bear incident last year um, <laughs> incident <laughs> don't like the sound of that yes. Um, yes it's okay well it's the woods we're in their home you know nature yeah. nature exists hey you know we have a caller so why don't we um, uh Check this out and see what we have going. Uh-huh. Hello? Can you hear me? Well, that was fast. Well, good. I'm glad. Don't like to keep you hanging. Yeah. Uh, did, did What's you your know, name? Uh, this is Tom. Uh, did, did you know that grant writers make an average of $80,000 a year? I didn't know that, but that's not what... Michelle's doing. She's just trying to help no, no, no. you help no, people find grants for gardening. Yeah, I was just saying that's a great side hustle if somebody wants something to do. That's um, interesting. 
I was, I was calling to, um, to ask, um, uh, you know, occasionally, sometimes too occasionally, uh, I'm cleaning out my freezer in the back somewhere there's, there's always something expired, and I mean expired. I don't want to eat it. And I'm wondering. You're talking about uh, meat, though, specifically, aren't you? Fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, animal products. Um, I wanna, is there any reason that I wouldn't bury that underneath something that I wanted to grow? Michelle, do you oh, have any comment actually, on that? Yeah, if you've got fish, you can. That's like actually one of the best things to bury under a rose bush. Yeah, any other meat, throw in the trash. Yeah, you fish. can't use a, a, a meat eating animal's flesh. Yeah, bad thing okay. to compost. But fish all day long. That's the same with manures. Too, kind of you, you don't use manures from meat eating animals. The same thing. Well, most of my stuff is fish, so I'm, I'm kind of set. Oh, very I'm good. Bury it really deep, stuff. though. Yeah, really deep, or you're going to get uh, things, um, you know, digging animals. it up. And I guess you could uh, make some sort of a tea from it, but that would be just disgusting. You know, you'd have to you'd have to water, put it in a big container and cap it for a pretty long time, and it would really smell bad. No, no, no. No, and some animal might get... Um, say, uh, when you say deep, uh, you know, are we talking Two feet. 12 inches? Two feet. Inches, what? Two feet. Two feet. Yeah. Easily. Holy smokes. Well, otherwise they're going to smell it and come after it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that's a long way down there. I'll, I'll get a pole, I guess a pole digger or something. Well, or just, you know, a good shovel. I can dig two feet down. Come on, man. How you got to bury the bodies? <laughs> you got to get a good shovel, though. You know, a good sharp end. You keep... I have. The tools that you have. Well, the the if you get a good shovel, it's forever, and and you and you sharpen it. You keep the end sharp, and so then you just get right in it. You know, I have some really good tools, and and I've had them for thirty years, and they'll last me forever. I, I was saying uh, you don't have the roots that I have. Oh yeah, I got an oak tree, and you know I can get you know I got to find an in between. Yeah, a pocket. You have to go in between in a pocket for sure. Right. Yeah, and you can take some of the small roots out, you know, as far as like between the large, those little small feeders, if you found a pocket, that would be okay. Good. Mm -hmm. and, and, yeah, you recommend a shovel for going through roots? Well, yeah, I mean, I use a pony shovel, which is a hard steel shovel tip. You have one of those too? No, Michelle. I, Michelle doesn't do that know. kind of work. But I have, yeah, I have some real serious tools. <laughs> yeah, just keep them real sharp. Is that's the key? And how do you sharpen a shovel? Uh, well, a grinder can do it. Bill the tool man. Yeah, Bill the tool man. Yeah, he sharpens gotcha. tools at these different events. You can take all your tools over and sharpen them for a small fee. He does everything, scissors and stuff like that too, doesn't he? Yeah. A whetstone and listen to M and yeah. All right. Well, thanks for calling. Anything else? Thank you. Good day. You too. Bye-bye. See you. Bye. Okay. So now we learned about sharpening tools. <laughs> yeah, I have some real heavy-duty. I need some better ones. I Well, I'll, I have them, so you can borrow them for sure. I mean, like, I need to buy some. Yeah, ones. well... You might want to buy one from me. Oh, well, yeah, that's right. That's right. Going to go and that's right, because yeah. I'm okay. going to do other things. So uh, let's see. Uh, you started the gardening group. Uh, and what do you, how do you do your roses? Because you were just talking about, you know, the best thing for roses, and you, you said put a piece of fish down there. Have you ever done that? That's no. Oh, yeah, but it is a good one. <laughs> it is like something that I, I think John did. John, yeah, I John believe, did actually, a lot I'm of very, stuff. He, yeah, yeah. Dead fish. 
A bag of kitty litter. A bag of uh, the clay kitty litter he used. Dog food. Yeah, dog food. Some other weird stuff. Some very weird stuff. I didn't do but anything. he was an excellent Rosarian. It worked. It's just that, are you going to do that? No. You know. <laughs> so what do you do? Um, usually a bag of uh, cow manure. Uh-huh. Um, really good compost. Uh-huh. And you have tons of it. She has a lot yeah. of compost because she has a huge, she has a really big yard. But I've got good dirt, so I really, I never usually have to do much. Well, and that's the other thing, too. It's like you, those oak trees, that oak tree he was talking about, that oak tree has created some really great soil around the area. Yeah, I mean, like the yard we bought came with 33 oaks. We've lost a lot of them because they were just laurels. They tapped out right. that when we bought the yard. But you have a lot of live oaks there, too. We do. You? And we they're do. they're huge, too. They're beautiful. And that, that brings me up to another subject. You know, you save things from the, the staghorn ferns. <laughs> you save those, and I just love save that. Save or hoard. Well, eh, it can be I mean, a little bit of both. A different opinion. Yeah, right. He calls it another <laughs> word. But what happens is, is that people, you know, they tear down these beautiful homes, these old homes, and build up these giant things that take up all the the land. And so, you know, these older people that have had these uh, giant staghorn ferns hanging from the oak trees for years, you know, they don't have any place to take them to because they're going to move into a condo or whatever. I've gotten several from a couple of our garden club ladies, two of that were retiring or whatever. that downsized from the island. And I've gotten, I'd say, another six from old ranch houses that were getting knocked down on the island, just mm-hmm. cruising by. I've pulled two out of dumpsters. <laughs> literally, the guys were chucking them in the dumpsters, knocking them in the house. Stop! And I literally said, I need you to please get that and yeah. put it in my trunk now, yeah. please. And help. these things are not little, yeah. and they're not light. I, I literally have at least eight that are about six feet across, and I've got two that are pushing over eight feet across. Yeah. They're the size of like Mini Coopers. Yeah. And the thing is, is that you, you know, the way they are epiphytes, so they need to be not on the ground in the soil. They need to be up in the air. They, in nature, they wrap around trees, but it's not good for trees to do that. So we don't do that. Uh, Those that know don't do that anyway, let's just say. Uh, So, but what... What Michelle did, and I love this so much, she designed these hooks, massive hooks that hook one way, go lined up, and then hook the other way. And they look like uh, those orchid hooks that you would get, right? Uh, but, But she makes them in giant scale and she hooks them onto chains that are on the... Uh, I just hook them over the branch. Yeah. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Just, it's... You're... And and how do you get that thing up there? I mean, that's just heavy. Tree guy. Tree guy. I, I had like a cherry picker and... Uh-huh. So I tried... I tried to get over to get myself with it. It's so high up there. Yeah, it wasn't happening. Yeah, it's so high up there. But it's uh, incredible. It's a great design. I've never seen it before. It's just aluminum. I think it's aluminum. Like um, electrical conduit pipe. Uh And then I used a pipe bender and... Yeah, okay, so she has a pipe bender. (laughs) And I stabbed it through the staghorn, so it had to be through it already. Oh. Stabbed it through the staghorn. And then bend it at the other end. Yeah, and then bend the other end. Oh, that's how you do that. Oh, okay, I was thinking that you had chains, and then you hooked it Mm -hmm. onto the chain. Well, that's better, because it's then fully involved. And then just pull it back through and ink it through it. It just it's it was just brilliant to me and so simple. I stole the idea. Oh, I sorry, I didn't can't know take that. Credit. 
Do you know who it was? Yeah, the Sprout Garden lady. Oh, Amy. Amy, that's her name. Yeah. Her face. Oh, yeah, I she's so smart. Her. Yeah. She's so smart. She does great stuff. Sprout Garden uh, store. She's uh, just incredible. Uh, she doesn't do a lot more than a lot of orchids nowadays. She's, uh, she's specialized. Uh, but, yeah, she's brilliant. So, so talented. So talented. So, you know, when you... We were talking about roses. So we're jumping around, but when you did your um, your roses and you decided that you weren't going to do all that chemical stuff anymore, how did that happen? And how does that go? Credit that to John. I mean, he was doing it organically, and I was and I mean, the Hardens taught me everything I knew with right. all these spray, chemicals. Spray, spray. I just assume that's what you do because that's what they've been doing since. God knows They're the rose the people, right? They're the rose people. Yeah. So, and he was doing it and without chemicals. I was like, okay, so this can clearly be done. And he doesn't do grafted roses, which tea roses, you're, it's, you can't do it. But with the, some of the old garden roses, you The old-fashioned garden roses. And there's a place, I mean, you can find those online. There's uh, different places. Uh, yes, I buy from Texas. them. Antique Rose Emporium. In Texas. Yes. Yes. I have bought some from them. They did last couple of them I had to keep in huge containers because we do suffer from root knot nematodes. Uh-huh. Can't be helped. Yeah. Um, some of them in the ground have lasted, some of the ones I have from John. Yeah. So They probably adjusted to the nematodes, you know? Or Yeah, they're just tough they, old birds. They have a resistance somehow. Yes, some of the antique ones. And a lot of those are like they go and find them in old homesteads and in cemeteries yes. and different things like that. And so they're keep, these will be, these would be lost. They're heirlooms and they would be lost if they didn't do that and then revitalize them for the public. Yes. Uh, because, I mean, there's, as you can imagine, you know, there's everything has a zillion different types. I mean, apples, roses, I mean, everything does. Some things are just more susceptible to that, whatever, the nematode. Yes, and exactly. Some like exactly. Roses, they can't, they just can't. Except for the ones that he did that could. No, they still succumb. I like. I've tried. I'm on my fourth now. I found that nematodes were uh, really uh, easily, not easily, but help being managed by crab meal. Yes, that helps. Um, And then also the African cracker marigold. Oh, oh. Yeah. Okay. So the African cracker marigold is a good plant to plant. Wait, mom sells it. For. uh, defeating the, or at least pushing them down a little bit. Yep. The nematodes don't like the smell yep. and the flavor of that. Yeah, I think they're... That's great about, to yeah. know. I knew that marigolds, but I didn't know specifically. It's specifically that one. Oh, that's really interesting. Well, let me reannounce There's this. About it. We're, we're just having fun talking, but nobody else is calling in. So if y'all want to talk to us, we'd love to talk back. <laughs> and uh, so I am Annie Ellis, and you're listening to The Sustainable Living Show on WMNF Tampa 88.5. Today's guest is Michelle Metz-James, gardening enthusiast and self-claimed garden nerd. If you want to be part of this conversation, please give us a call at 813-239-9663. Or send us an email at dj at wmnf.org, and we will read it on the air. So I would love to hear from y'all, but uh, whatever y'all want to do, we're having fun talking amongst ourselves. Yes. That's for sure. So, uh, so you know, you were talking about the roses and mm-hmm. how you do plant them. So you the, you use the, the, uh, the um, cow manure. Yep. 
And anything else? Um, currently, I've been bouncing back and back and forth between the organic Portland Rose Society's uh, um, fertilizer, uh-huh. and then also I use David Whitwam sells the Nature Safe eight three five. Yeah, and so what that means is is that he's selling things. He has things that are. Um, organically approved. And so you can use that in your organic garden. So if you start to learn how to grow things, any things, uh, edibles included, because we're going to talk about tomatoes right after this, because she is the tomato queen. We have a couple of calls. So let's go ahead and, uh, and take... No? Okay. Now we can. Now we can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting... Okay, I'm going to have to learn. See, here's the thing, y'all. I never work this part of this gig. I never do the calls. I never do the emails or, no, or anything like that. So let me go ahead and um, and put you on the air. M, you're on the air. Yeah, hi. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you fine. What's your name? Uh, wonderful. My name is Daniel. Daniel, nice to have you on. What do you have to talk about today that's pertaining to this subjects? Yes, well, wonderful. I, I'm a founder of a local charity here in Tampa Bay. Uh, we've, we've been running for about 14 years, and we just help homesteaders and people with their gardening issues, especially seniors, because um, they can't get around as readily. So uh, we get church groups and community groups together. Oh, that's on, so nice. Yeah, What's yeah, the name of the group, and how can they reach you? Enviro Projects International. And you can, you, can, can you say that again uh, slower and more enunciated? Yes, certainly. <laughs> the Enviro, okay. Enviro Project International, and the uh, phone number is 813-900-6883. You could ask for me, Daniel. Okay. And we also have our, our website, our .org is EnviroProject.org. Very good. And so you help people with church groups and different odds and ends to uh, work in their gardens. Yeah, every Sunday, exactly. And Aww. we all pay it forward. So if someone else has a project um, in return, we pay it forward. Usually everyone brings a little something if possible. Right. I like hot luck. And so we sit down and eat afterwards. And talk about it. And talk about it. Uh, yeah, it's really, really a wonderful way to connect Aww. with neighbors. That's wonderful. Uh, Is there anything else that you want to talk about? Or was that it? Yeah, there is one other thing. I'm, I'm registering our charity in Israel and Australia. Australia on 200 acres and Israel on about oh, wow. 75 acres. Good for you. And, um, <clears throat> thank you. Thank you. Um, we're, we're really looking forward to uh, doing something on an international level mm-hmm. and developing uh, a grant in that respect, along with uh, a television docudrama that we're developing called Enviral Projects International, where we just highlight other good goings on in other charitable and community organizations through our nonprofit film uh, uh, as well. So I'm just wondering if if she could possibly direct us, give us some insight as to where we could find some some grant writers to work with nonprofits internationally as well as locally, both with nonprofit film grants. I and, don't uh, do grant writing. I think that was the other caller. Right. He was. <laughs> uh, I was just saying that she could maybe put you to somebody. But I tell you what, I'm going to re. Uh, I'm going to. 
have your information on my blog, and so because uh, you can listen to this live afterwards uh, at Kenny, any time on demand. Kenny might be the one to talk to you because Kenny, Kenny is the king of great right. getting grants. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take your information and I'm going to give it to somebody, and then I will let you know about that. Oh, probably in the library, there's probably uh, some to look for, but uh, there are a few people that I come to mind that I will get that information to them. But thank you so much for calling. It sounds like you're doing great works for the community. Oh, thank you. Outstanding. Thank you both so much. You're welcome. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. Okay. And now I have another caller to answer. All right. I'm learning. (laughs) Okay. Here we go. We have Pat, and she's a friend of Michelle's. Hi, Michelle. Which Pat? Which Pat is that? Oh, she has so many friends. (laughs) (laughs) Pat, who are you? Pat Bosnock. Oh, hey, Pat. Hey. I just wanted to mention uh, to the audience that Michelle is also an orchid whisperer besides the staghorn ferns because I live in a condo and I love orchids and I collect them. And the ones that stay healthy, I keep. And the ones that don't look so happy, I give to Michelle and she brings them back. (laughs) I have like several friends that do that. I have a little nursery over there for them. Well, you know, that was the other thing that, you know, Pat, she's in the begonia club. She's in the orchid club. I mean, this girl's in every club there is. She is amazing. (laughs) That's why she's here. Thanks, Pat. That's right. I got her message this morning and I tuned right in. Well, thank you for for tuning in. I hope you're enjoying the show. Yes, it's fun. I'm learning a lot. Oh, good. Thank you, my dear. Always, always a joy to hear Michelle because she knows everything You're about the best. Garden. She does know everything. <laughs> and what she doesn't know, maybe I'm going to know a little bit too. Yes. So we're well, together, together, we're going to make a complete brain. Exactly. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you for taking my call. Oh, it was a pleasure to have you on, Pat. Thanks thank for you, calling love. in. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> So if anybody else wants to call in, uh, let's see, reintroduction. I'm Annie Ellis, and you're listening to the Sustainable Living Show on WMNF Tampa 88.5. Today's guest is Michelle Metz-James. She's a gardening enthusiast and self-claimed garden nerd. If you want to be part of this conversation, give us a call at 813-239-9663 or send us an email at dj at wmnf.org, and we will read it on the air. So if anybody would like to do any of those things, come on down. She's actually a grant writer. <laughs> Is she really? <laughs> oh, that's funny. There's literally three pats at our table at, in the garden club. That's funny. So we have to uh, get that information to her. Yeah. And so maybe she can uh, give that guy, Daniel, a call and help him out. That's This is great. Isn't this wonderful how things come together if you yes. just get out of the way, really? <laughs> so I guess we need to talk a little bit about your orchids and such. Yes. Um, so... Go ahead. Okay, so orchids. I started growing orchids because when we first bought the house, we had too many oak trees for me to grow roses, and I I needed a habit that had pretty flowers. (laughs) And then when the oak trees fell down, um, I started growing roses again. So basically just needed pretty flowers. I love them. They're pretty. I did join the Tampa Orchid Club. They meet the fourth Tuesday of the month up in Northdale. It's a great little club. Great, lovely, knowledgeable people. Love them to pieces. Um, 
and they do great little potluck lunches. Well, that hasn't resumed since uh, because of COVID, but eventually yeah. they'll have great potluck lunches. Well, and that's the thing. It's like a lot of this stuff, you know, was always going on and then everybody had to just stop. Yes. So it's everything slowly getting in a different format, I think is what's happening. Yes. Apparently we have a lot of emails that oh, I didn't wow. know about. That's funny. So we had uh, the sharpening tools, USF Spring Plant Show, Wichita uh, Home Depot near the Rose Connection on uh, Del Mabry. Love your show, Susie and Original Carewood. So, uh, sharpening tools. Uh, um, bills. Oh, no, actually, it was bills for years that came to Greenfest. Mm-hmm. He did not come back the last time. He, I think he finally retired. M&M Tool Sharpening. M&M That's Tool Sharpening. Said. Those are the ones. Yes, M&M and, Tool Sharpening. And then the... Um, the Home Depot is the one uh, by uh, Gandy and uh, Del Mabry. Right so it's, you keep going south, I guess is oh, what oh, it is. Oh, that one. Yes. Here, actually. You keep just... going south on that to get to uh, the, the Rose place. Well, we'll put that all that information yeah. also in the blog so you guys can go back on. So let's see. Let's see. Here we go. 6011 South Del Mabry Highway. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Eight to one right now on Saturdays. Yeah. Only Saturdays, y'all. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of spaghorn ferns, can you split them? The one I got from my oh, father's yeah. house probably weighs over 300 pounds. It's oh. now on the ground. I can't move it. They're worth more in one piece if you can find people to help you. Otherwise, you can- If you're going to sell them, but if you're not going to yeah. sell them, it doesn't but matter. Cut it up. Yeah. You can take a saw. Cut four pieces. And you, yeah. That's what I would do. You could you chainsaw can, it. You cut it up, chainsaw it, or I have a handsaw that I use, and you just- uh, uh, you just slice it and then uh, mount it on a, a you know a big piece of board or driftwood. They're or, resilient. Or just put some chain. And I want to tell you, get the big chain. Yes. Don't fool around because eventually you're going to have to Do get the big chain. Yeah, you're going to eventually get to that point. So get the biggest chain you can, measure it off. They'll cut it for you at the place wherever you buy it. And then just get those clamps, those links that you yep. use, like, what is it? Um. You know, those little clips that you use like when you're a uh, mountain climber. Just get a big hook, wrap around, pinch it close, get a big hook. Oh, well, they also have those clip things. Mm-hmm. So that's what I use in case I want to open it up. But, but yeah, so that. So let's see what we have. Get stainless steel. Okay. Rustage. Rustage, that's a word. Uh, love your shows. How far back can I prune climbing roses like the Don Juan variety? And when, <sighs> I want to say, because that's important. Remember Valentine's Day. It's the easiest way to remember Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Mid-February. Mid-February. And then how do you do that? How far do you go down? Best thing to do, because there's Floribundas, there's tea roses, there's the climbing roses. Um, best thing to do is just Google some pictures. because I just do it based off memory at this point and... Yeah, you just know. Yeah, right. That's the thing. Well, you don't. You want to get old. uh, You want to get out the dead wood. You want to cut the dead wood off. Cross branches. Yeah, if it's rubbing, it creates sores and nastiness and disease. And you want good, long, healthy canes. But best thing, just Google some images and go off some pictures and just kind of look at it. Yeah, I think that's what it is. You and you know you can Google um, it and look at the pictures because they'll they'll provide pictures on what it's supposed to look like after. It'll give the you fact. some examples. Yeah, befores of and after. Yeah, healthiness yeah. and what it should look like. And climbing roses, you can even trim back kind of throughout the year. Yeah, and you know I like to leave some long uh, branches on those though because you want them to climb. Yeah, I have them. If you have them on like an arch or something, you want it to stay on yeah. the arch and just clean out all that nasty little tiny mess. You want good long healthy canes. Yeah. So let's see what we have. Oh, we had somebody that was wanting about... Oh, and Deadhead. Yeah, Deadhead all the time, right. Otherwise, it's going to the seed manufacturing. 
Uh, so proper fertilizing of viburnum, I don't know anything about, uh, you know, like... It's just a hedge. It's just a hedge bush. So I, spring fall. Yeah, spring fall. But also, you, you know, I use just everything organic. So if you're just going to put some more compost on there, that's always good. Any yeah, kind of thing like that. Yeah, generic. Yeah. There's some on sp- in spring. Yeah. Give it a good trim and then... Okay, I think my we got dad, all we that. We have a huge viburnum hedge in front of our my childhood home. Okay. My dad usually whacks it back every year in spring. Yeah, because then you get the new fresh growth. I don't think he's ever fertilized it once. Oh, I lost that last collar. Well, we had a lot going on. I didn't even know. Oopsie. <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> so uh, that's why I should be doing this a little bit yeah, more often, right? Yeah, for you. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, this stuff happens. So, uh, so then you have the begonia group that you're in. I know you have a lot of wonderful begonias. They're gorgeous. I and joined that because every year at GreenFest, I was a part of, I was on the GreenFest board for mm-hmm. years. Yeah, it's a good group. Um, until it disbanded because we'd achieved everything we had and achieved. And Tampa Garden Club is now taking that over. Uh, yes, we yes. brought it back. Well, it was always kind of ran by that. Right. Um, we're the main. But that's where it's going to be instead yes. of where it used to be at the university, which was gorgeous. It's always the last weekend of March. Um, now it's back at Tampa Garden Club on Bayshore. Um, the children's tent is run by the Davis Islands Garden Club. Very good. And it will be the last weekend of March from 9 to 4, Saturday and Sunday. And where was this going? Oh, yeah, the oh. Begonia Club. So I always ran into the Begonia Club, and I always loved begonias, but I am a begonia killer. Well, you're not anymore. Nah, those are because those are the ones that stay alive. Oh, but there's okay. So, so many bodies on yeah. my head, <laughs> Annie. She has a burial so area for <laughs> So I joined the Begonia Club because I was like, so you could learn. I'm going to be a Begonia master. master. Right. So what they don't tell you is everybody <laughs> in the Begonia Club, we're just, you know, we're just better begonia killers, essentially. <laughs> but the best thing is, is you can get begonias for like 50, you know, pennies, 50 cent raffle tickets when you join the begonia club. And we're just a lot of begonia killers in there. We yeah. just get cheap begonias That's now. That's funny. So we don't feel so bad that, about that. That makes me, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. So, because yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. So you join so, to get uh, them well, cheap. But listen up, we are <laughs> running out of time. How did that happen? It I just, just ran by that. so fast. So, sad. so what we're going to have to do is now quickly talk about your tomatoes, tomatoes okay. because her tomatoes are un. Unbelievable. It's my dad. My dad, YouTube. She brought me some, by the way. They're yes, just gorgeous. They're so tasty. They're so much better than that garbage. Oh, yeah. Store. It's unbelievable. So, Dutch bucket is what you need to Google on YouTube. Okay. That's really a term. So, Dutch bucket. She hy- does hydroponics, yeah. by the Dutch way. Dutch bucket hydroponic tomato gardening. It's literally five gallon buckets from, like, you know, wherever that big place. box store. Exactly. Those terrible places. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's literally five gallon buckets with, like, PVC. You can put it together for a I had my first some was five buckets with a reservoir, little pump. It just over the top, dribbles back down on a little timer. And then I rebuilt it into something really amazing, which is in our, you can see photos and videos in our Tampa Gardening Unplugged. Yeah, um, I'll I, have it on a picture on ours too. Then during COVID, <laughs> I revamped it into something beautiful because I like pretty. It's and, very nice. And tell, it looks, tell us about how you did that um, real quickly. So it's like a wood base to hold it all to make it pretty with wood yeah. trellising. And I rebuilt it because we had a freak tornado on Davis Island and it picked up my old system and chucked it across the wow. driveway. I was pissed and I wanted it pretty and I wanted it anchored in the ground to make yes. it stay. Oh. Um, yes, and so now it's a total of 12 buckets with 12 different tomatoes, 
And literally, my plants are six feet tall, six feet six feet wide. There's a 50 gallon reservoir sunk in the ground. Is that a? Way. Are those a? Uh, how tall are those posts? Are those 10 feet? They go posts? up. Yeah, but the buckets are up a little bit above yeah, the ground. You raise so, that. Yeah, so they're up a little higher. So, so she has this 10 foot post uh, in about what three intervals of that? You three of them, and then yeah. she has it uh, a trellis. Uh, top built on it to where she can run strings Cattle up to it. on the top. Yeah, so then she can attach strings to that to where she can clip on the rose uh, trees. Really, there are trees. Yeah. Um, and Because you want them to be, they, they, they flop over. They're that type of, they're really sort of a vining situation. Well, they there's don't, also beefsteak tomatoes in there, and there's a lot of cherry tomatoes. So mm-hmm. there's different, for, I've got 12 different varieties. And right they're now. beautifully colored. They have different shapes and they do taste completely different than what you would do. And, and be, if you have a lot of aeration like that, you're not going to have a lot of problems. And also, the other thing about it is you do it at the right time of the year. Yeah. You don't grow tomatoes in the summer. No, here. that doesn't, if, that's what northerners do. Right. They just don't know about winter gardening. Hot heck of the south here. Just, right. That doesn't work here. Right. And so, so she just does that and, uh, and it's, it's the best. And I'm going to take a picture of the basket of tomatoes she brought me because I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't believe it. I and let's see, the there's another thing real quick uh, to touch on your big cutting garden because Michelle has this beautiful cutting garden. She's going to work on it again. She's been working on it again uh, because you have to replant it because that's an annual situation. Yeah. But Flower cutting garden. Flower cutting. Right. Okay, <laughs> flower cutting. You know, thank you. <laughs> and um, But she let me go over there a couple of times to pick flowers for people for uh, they were in the hospital or different situations and it's just wonderful you know flowers uh, daisies um you had you had uh, basils Mm -hmm. you had all kinds of different herbal things in there Mm -hmm. as well yep and so you want to talk about that just real quickly Um, how you do that I just got obsessed. Corey Elko and our group sent me a couple links to a couple different flower growers. And then I realized a lot of these flowers, even dahlias, can be grown up down. I mean, I'm I'm 10A technically, but people like even in Orlando have flower farms. Mm -hmm. I was blown away. Like there's so many flowers that can be grown here that I had no idea. Yeah. So you know me, I like a challenge. Yeah. And it's it's amazing because, you know, the combination of herbs and flowers is just, is wonderful because part of that is the diversification. They don't all get eaten. Uh, They may just go, some insects may go to one. And then she also puts a lot of that in with the roses. So it's not Mm -hmm. just straight. So it's not a monoculture, y'all. That's what I guess is the point. The key, diversity. Diversity is the key on growing. It really is. So, um, is there anything else that you want to talk about that we hadn't talked about? I think we touched on all of it. I've tried, yeah. but, you know, there's so much. So here's the deal. You guys, I'm going to have uh, the blog with all this information on all these different clubs that she's in and all these different uh, places that you can get information about and learn how to do it yourself because that's the whole point of it. Oh, and if you truly want to be a member of a garden club, mm-hmm. you don't have to live on Davis Island to be in the Davis Islands Garden Club. We def- we need younger people joining these clubs so yes. they can impact in the environment and in society. Yes. You don't have to live on the island. And and again, <laughs> we want young want young people yes, involved in please. this because a lot of the people the in one. these garden clubs are aging out. Yes. Uh, it's not, you know, women that lunch anymore no. like it used to be. We do stuff. You do stuff. <laughs> and so get in there and do stuff. So uh, thank you so much, Michelle, for being on the show. It was a delight having you here. And thank you, Bill, for helping me because, you know, I need all the help I can get. <laughs> 
That's really true. And if you enjoyed this show and our weekly content, go to WMNF.org, donating through the tip jar, directing your donation to the Sustainable Living Show. Stay tuned because Flea is going to be on with uh, Tampa's Monday Music, and you can hear more public interest programming switching over to WMNF's HD3 channel, The Source, and listen to Tom Hartman's show live. Uh, make sure and tune in next Monday. Where we're having a uh, woman on named Amanda Pike uh, to discuss transforming Florida yards. Follow our Facebook page and uh, so you can stay in the loop. And you can also listen on demand after this show's over. I'm Annie Ellis. So you, And we missed you, Kenny. So we'll see you next week. So y'all remember, if you're looking for someone to save the world, look in the mirror. Bye-bye. WMNF, Tampa 88.5.